What happens when two parent coaches, one a Christian and the other an agnostic Jew, sit down to talk about parenting? They take their listeners from surviving to thriving. I'm Dina Thayer. And I'm Kira Dorian. Welcome to Raising Adults, a podcast brought to you by Future Focused Parenting. Hello, everyone, and welcome to season three of Raising Adults. This is so amazing. And I think just it's a milestone and one we maybe didn't even know would totally get to happen. So how great. Thank you to all of you who've been listening and subscribing and downloading and got us here to season three. We also hope you've had a great start to your summer. If you're in the States, we hope you had a great Independence Day and enjoyed celebrating that. And we have just a few things to share with you. And then we're going to launch into our season opener. So we want to let you know that our July attribute of the month is assertiveness. And it's obviously one that's pretty near and dear to our hearts. As you know, we've already done an episode on it. But if you're hoping as a parent to work on that in your children and you haven't already, definitely sign up for the attribute of the month. It's so easy to do. It's completely free. It's a newsletter that pops right into your inbox. So please do that. You simply go to futurefocusedparenting.com. And if you hover over the word shop, there's a drop down menu there and you can sign up and get that very robust newsletter delivered to you just full of all kinds of great ideas and resources for instilling, modeling, and teaching assertiveness. So we hope that you'll do that. We also wanted to tell you that we're adding something this season. So literally starting with our very next episode, we're going to be adding video to our podcast. That's right. You can now watch us, not just listen to us. And we do want to give you the disclaimer that those videos will be raw. They won't be edited. You'll get to see us here in the laundry room. And if you're a person who likes bloopers and outtakes, you'll probably enjoy it because you're going to see all the mistakes that aren't edited out in the audio version. So (laughs) that might also give you some laughs. Who knows? And lastly, I want to make sure those are on YouTube on YouTube. Thank you for piping in. So that's where you can find those. We've had the audio version of our podcast up on YouTube for a while. And now we're adding this other great element. So if you want to also see us recording and watch us laugh at each other and watch us lean back and forth into the microphone and almost eat it. There you go. You can do that now. I also wanted to just tell our listeners about some of the great guests we have coming our way in season three. We're bringing on some other great experts to bring in some other just voices about things that we encounter in parenting. So we're really looking forward to this. Just to give you a sampling, we have a business mom coach coming in. So she's someone who particularly works with moms who are also out in the workforce and doing those corporate jobs. And then how do we balance that? And she has some great ideas. You guys, I'm so excited for you to hear the tips and tricks that she shares. We're also going to have a homeschooling expert. So for those of you maybe with little ones who might be considering that route or who are already homeschooling, I know she's going to be a wealth of knowledge and just a great resource for all of you. And we also have a temperament coach coming on and Kira's actually worked with her and it's been really a light bulb moment and super game changing. And she helps parents be able to parent based on what they learn about the temperament of their child and then even their own temperament and how those work together. It's just fascinating. So we're really looking forward to bringing in some of these other voices. Yeah, the temperament coach does like personality profiles of everyone in the family and including the parents. And it was it was I mean, game changing is an understatement of the century for what I got out of my time with her, with one of my kids. But even Dave and I had, I don't think Dave had any eye-opening moments because my personality is like so obvious and out there. (laughs) 
<laughs> but he's more introverted. And so I was just, it was mind blowing. I mean, we've been together for 17 years and I was like, oh, that's why you do that. It just suddenly made sense. So she's really cool. We're, I'm super excited to have her. All of our guests, I think, have a lot of great things to add this season. Right. A lot of great things to bring to the table. But that's what's so fun is then also when we stumble across somebody or work with somebody, we don't want to keep that a secret. We want to help you as parents. Our whole point is bringing you from surviving to thriving. So if we've found something that's been helpful to us, we definitely want to pass it along. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, season three, and we have a special guest with us today. We do. And before we launch into our uh, time with our special guest, I just want to mention the giveaway that we had leading up to the start of season three. We offered a giveaway, a free parent coaching session with either Dina or myself. There were several ways to enter. We do have a winner to announce, and we're going to do that at the end of the episode. So sit back, relax, enjoy our time with our special guest, and at the end of the episode, we'll let you know who won. We have our very dear friend, Yetta Anderson, who is a midwife down in Phoenix. She is with us today, and she's just going to join our conversation. And we have an interesting topic today, which is kind of spurred on by the fact that Dina had a kid graduate from high school. Yeah, so she she raised recently. her adult. Yeah. Yeah. Almost done. Almost done. I mean, I have the... I get to finish the rest of the summer with her, of course, which will be nice. And I'm going to savor every minute of that, which I've talked about a little bit. I'm doing my intentional spoiled parenting, which is fine when you do it on purpose and you know why you're doing it. So we're going to have epic summer of fun. But yeah. yes, she is graduated. She's an actual alum now. And Yetta actually flew up with her son to come and be a support because she's literally known Sienna since she was born. She was one of the first people to visit her at the birth center. So you should see the three of us right now because the laundry room is pretty <laughs> squished within even just the two of us. We add a third person and there's some snuggling that's happening, but luckily we all like each other. So yeah. that's good. We're cozy. We're cozy. So Yetta, why don't you say hi to our listeners? Tell them a little bit about how you know us. And your life down in Phoenix, your kids, all that good stuff. Okay. Well, I know Dina because she is my very, very, very best friend. Uh, we became friends when we were both pregnant with our oldest. And I think we just really hit it off. I think we became best friends like the day we met. <laughs> it was That was it. So uh, we proceeded to raise our kids together. So I listened to a lot of the stories and I remember them because we would talk through all of them. And I always really admired Dina and her parenting and tried to emulate that. And we've stayed friends, even though I relocated to Phoenix seven years ago. So we've been pretty intentional about getting our kids together. And we talk as many times a week as we can. And, and then Kira, I met because she was referred to me for hypnotherapy. I had a pretty um, traumatic pregnancy with my third kiddo, and I needed to do some work to release some fear to be ready to have him. And I met Kira when she was pregnant with the twins, and then it's just kind of been a friendship since then. So I have three kids. I have Isaac, who is 16. I have Hope, who is 14. And I have Gabe, who is 8. That's my scoop. <laughs> so we are going to talk about boundaries today, but not boundaries for our children, which is what Dina and I usually like to talk about. Uh, today, we're going to talk about boundaries for ourselves. And I think we're all going to cry because I'm tearing up and I don't even have a kid who just graduated from high school. Um, we're calling this episode Mom with a capital M. 
because to be the moms and the parents that we want to be, it does require us, especially if you work in any way, shape, or form. And even if you don't work, it requires us to have boundaries, to make sure that we get the time with our children that we want and that they need, but also to have the boundaries, even if you're a full stay-at-home mom, to have the boundaries so that that time with them is well spent and that you feel enjoyable so that you're not so burnt out that you're not actually appreciating the time that you have. So those boundaries become really, really key. Yeah. And I think actually right before we started recording, Yetta was saying this, but you run out of time faster than you even expect. And all of a sudden you're at your person's graduation and Mm. it's like you feel like you just blinked and that happened. So we wanted to just take a minute to talk about how do you make sure you're capitalizing on that time and cherishing it. And I have to give Kira credit, even in our working relationship, there's times where I'm saying, oh, I really need to do this for one of my people. And she'll literally write back moms first. And I love that. And we want to make sure our listeners know that it's okay to make parenting that priority. Yeah. And I have um, in my midwifery practice in Phoenix, I have several students and I named my my practice family first midwifery and it was intentional. Um, it was intentional because it's what I believe for for my family, but it's also what I I want people who welcome their children to believe for themselves. And so uh, just even the other day, I had a student who um, was trying to figure out how to get to clinic, and but she had a kid at home throwing up, and she said, he's devastated because I'm leaving, and can I do this, and can I come in late? And I said, just stay home. Just stay home. There's no prenatal appointment that is more important in your world than your little boy who's sick and wants his mom. And she she struggled with it because she's a worker. And so, you know, the balance of being a worker and being a mom is always going to kind of make us conflicted. But but ultimately, she stayed home. And, and later, she thanked me because he had a really horrible day. And I don't ever want uh, my students to feel like their apprenticeship with me is more important than the investment they make in their family. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're in a unique position because they're not the midwife. So so they have the ability to take advantage of time off and, and they're not the one responsible ultimately for the medical care of these women. But now I need to take the things that I ask for them to do, the things that I ask for them to put first, and I need to go back to making my family a priority. Um, and I, and it's hard, but it's but it is also, um, gosh, so important because you do blink and then they're gone. And I was just saying to Dina and Kara, new moms don't believe us when we say it's going to be done before you know it. And you hold your baby. And I told them, I remember holding Isaac in the living room when he was just days old. And I thought, oh, I get forever with him. And I, I just don't. I'm, you know, um, it's, it's almost done. You, there's this meme going around on Facebook that says you get 18 summers with your kids, you know, make them count. And, and I'm so keenly aware that I'm on summer number 16. And, and so it, it's just so it's crucial. And so now I'm frantically trying to set up boundaries, um, instead of having already have had them in place. Yeah. And I think that 
you, you know, we hear that phrase. It, it's a phrase that drives me crazy, actually, about like, enjoy every minute. And I don't think you can. No. As a mother, you can't. But I think it's about make time for the minutes you can enjoy because it goes so fast. And I was saying to someone just yesterday, like my kids just finished first grade. It's like school starts and then it's like September, mm -hmm. Christmas, Over. spring break, done. Mm -hmm. And then there's suddenly the next grade. Yep. And it just, I would assume, keeps spinning like that. Faster yeah, and faster. I feel like it all, yeah, I was yeah. just going to say, I feel like it almost gets faster as they get older. And I don't even notice the breaks or the mm -hmm. school off time, whatever. It just starts to all be such a blur. Well, and they get busy with their their lives that are separate from us. They go from being these babies and toddlers and, and little kids who just really not only want to be with their moms so much, but have no choice but to be with their parents. And and then suddenly they're in high school and then they have their driver's license and, and then your moments with them just naturally start to go away. Well, and let's be clear, that's partly what you want. Yes, if you're doing good. a good job, mm -hmm. they should get a job yes. and learn to drive and have their own peer group and all of that. But one of mm -hmm. the unfortunate side effects is then right when you're starting to realize how much you want to hang out with them, they're not as available, right. which is another hard part of it. So what of the boundaries that have worked? What have those looked like for you guys? And what are the things that you realized didn't work? That's a great question. I think in the, I think the thing that didn't work is I think originally I tried to put boundaries on my time refilling my cup, so hanging out with girlfriends. I also put limitations on the ability and availability of me and my husband having time together. And it took me a lot of years to realize that I'm not a better mom when I feel tired or I feel taken advantage of or I feel like I need a glass of wine or two and um, or when my husband and I can't connect or don't agree and haven't had a date and who knows how many months. And so the boundaries are are interesting because I think they actually have to apply to so many different facets in order for them to be really effective in parenting Um and, and I also find that I, in that limitation, though, some of it was okay. Like, I tried to not go out with girlfriends more than a couple times a month because my kids play sports and I want to be at the games. And and my job is weird because I'm on call 24-7. So, unfortunately, I never know when I'm going to miss out on someone's something. And so I very intentionally have to say, you know, what I, I'm really only going to do a couple girls' nights a month or I really don't want to be gone that late um, more than one time a week. So those kinds of boundaries, I think, um, were pretty easy for me to set, partly because my job is just different. And um, But I think those relationships, the relationships we have with our friends and then the relationships that we have with our partner, um, I think those are pretty crucial. I almost feel like, you know, just like we talk about family values and having those core, maybe top 10 family values, I feel like in my head, I've always had a hierarchy of priority with the kids at the top. And mm -hmm. that's not to say they're always going to come first, but it means that when, when, and we've talked about decision making and critical thinking with kids and how, how do you help them balance two things and figure out which one is the best decision. In my head, I feel like when things bump into each other, I'm forced to come back to the hierarchy in my head. So, a really good example is um, Dave and I, 
uh, used to fight a lot about who was going to stay home if a kiddo was sick. If it was on one of my work days, I have a client who's waited maybe 12 weeks to come and see me. Um, I don't get work. If I don't work, I don't get paid. Whereas my husband doesn't work, he does get paid. Um, you know, how important is that meeting versus this person who's waited 12 weeks to get some help, et cetera, et cetera. And we would just like bump into each other, bump into each other over and over and over again, fighting over whose job is more important. And, mm. and it was the moment that we sat down and really, really dug into it. And he said to me, he's like, you're the one who wants a parent home with them when they're sick. I would be okay if they didn't have a parent. If your dad stayed home with them or we got a nanny or a babysitter, you're oh. the one who wants a parent home. And it was so profound because I said, you're right. That's actually in my personal hierarchy of values. I want a parent home with them. So I need to be the one to stay home because that's my value that I'm upholding. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, totally. That's good. And so the, the, the times moving forward after that, those times where we collided – it was really a lot easier for me to make the decision to stay home because I knew I was upholding the hierarchy of values in my head. Mm -hmm. And that felt better to me now than it did before when I was even confused about why am I conflicted mm -hmm. about this? Yeah. Which thing matters more? Right. Yeah. And then it was just natural. Yeah. More natural. Exactly. Mm, I haven't always done this super well. I think partly just because I'm, I had so much time with my kids as a single mom that I got burned out really easily because I would go to work all day and then not only be on parenting duty, but be on parenting duty with no help. And so where I fell down is the mistake I made was confusing quantity with quality. Mm -hmm. So I was with my kids so much. I thought, oh, we're getting in lots of time. It's great. And what I was realizing is, but they're getting in lots of time with a frazzled, tired mom. Yes. And that isn't really doing them or me any favors. So the switch I made, and actually a lot of my friends and people I work with still talk about this, and it's something I'm proud of, is it's when we made the switch to deciding that experiences were going to matter more than things. And so people know that even while I was making very little as a bookkeeper and doing doula stuff on the side whenever I could squeeze in a birth, we were going on trips. It was amazing, amazing. You used to have a video that you did talking about how you could. Yes. Yeah. Frugal, what was that? Fiscally <laughs> responsible living on a shoestring or something. And, <laughs> and I would do this little video series of like how we saved and pinched pennies to be able to do that. But my kids remember that. And I don't regret it at all. I think I was falling down in the beginning over the quantity thing yes. and not taking good care of how do we make memories as this little family of three because that lasted for six years. So I'm really glad I finally got a light bulb moment because they still remember those trips. And other people, my accountant even was like, I don't understand the math. No, it didn't and I often would be like, yeah, it's God math. I just... <laughs> Where we should not have been able to afford to go to China while I was a single mom, but we did that. And, and I prioritized it because a tired, frazzled mom wasn't helpful to anyone. And I still don't regret it because we still prioritize experiences, vacations. But I'm just admitting I fell down in the beginning just because of the sheer mm. amount of time. And I felt like, well, I'm always with them. I'm on 24-7. So that must be counting for something, right? But it wasn't great. Well, and that's the thing is I see so many frazzled, burnt out moms with these like vacant looks in their eyes. And you can tell that that comment that I cannot stand about enjoy every moment 
is so embedded in their brain and they've misinterpreted it as be there every moment. And that is not what it means. In fact, just the opposite. I actually think that it's be there as much as you and they need and not more. Because if you're there too much and you're giving too much of yourself, then you're lost and you don't actually have an enjoyable experience. And if you feel like you're not giving enough that you feel fulfilled as a parent, that's also not enough, right? Mm -hmm. So we don't want you to be feeling as I think a lot of working women do, and Yeta, you said this, like workers, right? That concept of being a worker, so many of us are. And then motherhood is a version of worker as well. Mm -hmm. And so you get into this mentality of like, I have to give, 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 give to everyone and everything. And I can't let my boss down and I can't let my kids down and I can't let my partner down. And you end up just choosing to let yourself down. And so I think getting really, really clear on, you know, just like you said, what are the things that matter? For you, it was experiences. That's how I want to preserve my motherhood experience. I want my motherhood experience to exist in experiences. So this is the steps we're taking to do that. You know, for me, I think sickness is one of them. It's For me, it's like I want to be able to show up for sickness, for recitals, for school stuff. That's really important to me. But I love going out with friends once a week and saying, bye-bye. <laughs> and that works for me, right? So it's like figuring out what's the motherhood. It's almost like... It's almost like being selfish with your motherhood experience and yes. thinking, what do I want my motherhood mm -hmm. experience to look like? And going, leaning really hardcore into that. Because the truth is our kids are going to launch, right? They're going to be adults. <laughs> They're going to go out into the world. They're going to go do their thing. And this is really just a chapter of our lives. So we're con conditioned over and over again to think that that chapter is about them. But what if it was about us? What if it was like, what do I want it to look like? What do I want to do with that time? Just like you're doing with your intentional summer. This is really a selfish summer for you. It which really is great. Is. Mm -hmm. I, 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 my hat goes off to you. Be selfish. Like, what do I want my summer to look like? Yeah. Does that make sense? Uh, it completely makes sense. We have tears. Yeah. And everybody's crying. <sighs> Why'd that get you? Oh, because it was done. Well, and because I just think women just sacrifice themselves readily. And we don't, we just, it's like we, we say to ourselves that nobody could do it without me. I'm so important. I, I, I can't let anybody down. And then we demonstrate the exact opposite thing by making ourselves a non-priority all the time. You just hit something for me that is like you with the enjoy every moment that bugs me so much is moms can almost end up playing the martyr yes. when if you really think about it, it's prideful. Yes. Because to be able to, to not be able to say, you know what, I could delegate the crap out of this or somebody else can do this. It doesn't have to be me. And maybe what I need to do is fill my own tank so that I have something left to give. And so this idea that we have to just sacrifice, oh, the easiest person to put on the back burner is yourself. And I'm guilty of this too. So he, I'm preaching mm -hmm. to the choir. But to not unpack that and say, you know what, that's actually not you being... So woe is me. I'm such a martyr. It's actually you're a stinker because you're <laughs> you're thinking it can only be you. The mm -hmm. world can't function without you. And guess what? It actually could for a few hours and maybe you need to go to happy hour. Yes. Well, it, it's funny because I used to say to clients all the time when I would get clients that would come in and they're like, I just feel judged all the time. Everyone's judging me. You know, I'm out in the world and they're judging me. And I would say that's a really arrogant approach, don't you think? That you think everybody's really, really busy Paying thinking that about much you. Attention. Yeah. 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 And it sort of like 180 them because they feel victimized and they feel ashamed of who they are. And, and, and to suddenly think, well, hey, wait a second. That is kind of 
arrogant thinking would really like derail them a little bit in a, in a good way, like get them to start thinking about it differently. But I think that's really spot on. Mm-hmm. Why do and we? So that's why it's like that balance because that can be prideful if you act like you're the sacrificial martyr. But there is a balance with having some selfishness and making sure your motherhood journey or your parenting mm-hmm. journey looks a way that you can look back on and be proud of and not have regrets about. Mm-hmm. But I think too, it. Um, I think back on, I think you did an episode on it in season one where you guys talked about chores and things around the house that were appropriate. And I think sometimes um, if we don't do intentional parenting from the very beginning, then we get to a place where we've failed to recognize that our kids, as they grew up, became capable of being someone we could delegate to. And handing them off something that, you know, maybe they won't do it the exact way. I mean, I think we do it with partners, too. Maybe they won't get the vacuum lines exactly right in the floor. But it does. that's not the part that actually matters. Like, we take so much upon ourselves and we fail to notice when we could start handing stuff off to our kids, when we realize that we actually do have somebody who could handle what, what we think we're the only one capable of doing. Mm-hmm. Well, and I also think there's something about, you know, like for me, like I said, some of my priorities were being home when kids were sick, being at recitals, being at school, field trips and that kind of thing. The sick part was for them. The other two were for me. It wasn't about them seeing mom at their recital. I wanted to go to the recital. I wanted that as part of my motherhood journey that when I look back, I remember seeing the recital. I'm sorry to admit it, nothing to do with them. So I, I think the the mistake we make is we're selfless to this point of being so afraid to be selfish about those things. Does that make sense? That it's like, actually, you're you're sort of being selfish in your selflessness mm-hmm. instead of going, okay, what are the parts here that I want to claim as my own, that I want to say, this is where I'm mom with a capital M. Mm-hmm. And here are the places I don't feel I have to be mom with a capital M. Like, I'm, I do not do arts and crafts. I just went through <laughs> my kid's art cupboard to prep, you know, for the summer. And I got rid of all the paints, all this, because I just don't like it. And getting okay with that, setting that boundary around, this is not something I do with them. I send them over to other people's houses Mm -hmm, to do that. mm -hmm. But the pressure that we feel as moms to do every craft and make their sandwiches look like bunnies and, you know, show up at the bake sale with a homemade, you know, cake Mm -hmm. that had seven layers. And where do we set the boundaries around this is actually who I am as a human being and a person, and this is what I have to offer my children and that's okay. Like, that's enough. Mm-hmm. And to perfect. not try to be the person that does those things if that isn't you. Yeah, because my seven-layer cake, you don't want to eat that. No. no. No, and yet I will tell you, my kids went to art class at Gymboree when yes, they were toddlers. pay somebody else to do, that's right. do the stuff you aren't good at. Yep. I can't even draw a stick no. figure. <laughs> oh, no. In our house, I do not do art. I, I tell them that God did not give me that gift, but talk to Dad. <laughs> yes. Yeah, actually, he can yeah. draw. Yeah. Because then what happens is then the stuff that you do do with them is enjoyable. Because it's what you want to do. I think what we're encouraging here is selfish mothering. I almost feel like we should call yeah, that. But I think they need <laughs> call to. The episode that. I think people. I think the the thing I wish I could get people to understand is I think that if they could get selfish about it sooner, because that's my regret is that I feel like I just, and maybe it's just maybe it's the same for you, Dina. Maybe it's when they get older and you realize that your your time is running out that you notice that you need to. So I I guess I wish. I hope new moms can hear us 
and try to figure out a way to implement this faster so that they're not in the 16th summer going, okay, but now I need to make up for or do it different or figure out how to adjust and do it in a way where your heart's breaking a little bit. And But you're also, you know, not to make it sound like all horrible, because this season also comes with so much excitement and pride, right? So it's not just that we're devastated. We're also thrilled. Literally, yeah. I walked over Yetta's shoulder last night with the program and did a little, mm-hmm. I had a little moment. Because yeah. just seeing her in the program made me pretty happy. And some of the things behind her name and under her name, I was a fan of. So it is really fun to watch your people become yeah. people. I mean, it is. It's amazing, but it doesn't mean that the other parts aren't important and it's okay to have a sense, a a little bit of a sense of urgency. It isn't going to last forever and ever and ever. And I think when you're in the thick of it with being tired or potty training or teething or what have you. You you don't want it to last forever. You're like, please, let's hurry this (laughs) up. It feels like an eternity. Can it please move along to the good stuff? But then all of a sudden you're almost done. Okay, Mm -hmm. so if you could talk to yourselves as parents of toddlers... And you're in the thick of it and you're like, come on, be self-sufficient, be able to make your own sandwich, be able to make your own Mm. bed, right? Like, because I I mean, I'm not as far away from it as you guys are. And I remember I was like, this needs to go faster. We need to be all done now. Um, What would you tell yourself while still giving yourself space for the reality of the situation, which is I don't want to enjoy every moment. Some of these moments are really hard. Yeah. So I think actually I have a really good opportunity to speak to this because I had two kiddos and then suddenly found myself with a surprise kiddo. And so when Gabe was born, Isaac was 10 and Hope was eight. And so we were in self-sufficient land. Like Chad and I could sleep in on Saturday because they could get their own cereal and and it didn't require quite as much. And so then when Gabe was born, it, it rocked our world. You know, naturally, a newborn is so different than all those things. But I also found that I was... And probably because of how I feel about Isaac and Hope growing up, I was a very different parent for Gabe. Like, probably Dina would say that my parenting of Gabe doesn't resemble any of my parenting with Isaac and Hope. And she's sat on the phone and laughed at me plenty of times. But <laughs> but I, I do because of how I feel about how close Isaac is to being done and, and how weird it is that my daughter is going to be in high school now. I do take those moments that matter to Gabe. And he's he, they're, they're very different than Isaac and Hope. Isaac and Hope never wanted me to come to a party at school or and Gabe wants me to come work at all the parties and go on all of the field trips and some of that sounds awful to me. Oh, awful yeah. to me, but I do love how much he loves it and I do find joy in that. And and so I am a different mom in that I have learned to take time for myself now because I'm you know 17 years in to parenting almost 17 years and um and Gabe's getting a better version of me I think um because I can take better care of myself but also I'm very aware that it's not going to be much longer um that he's in the place that Isaac is and so I I do let him crawl in my bed and when he asks to snuggle I say okay and and I try to work as at as many parties as I can and um 
and so it's it's different. It's mm-hmm. it's different, and I learned to do it differently, and I don't regret it. But it doesn't. It's not. It's not similar. Um, but it's um, individualized. Well, and you come to the table with experience now, so you have yeah. the awareness that the first time mom with the new baby mm-hmm. doesn't about how fast it goes, and so I think that makes true. a difference. But I also have to defend myself and say I think I was laughing with you. <laughs> <laughs> Because she would call me like, this is nothing like how I did it. It's so different. I think this is one of the places where having twins helped me a ton. Because there was never in our minds an opportunity to get to do it again. And Mm. I was really aware of that. Like from Mm. the moment they were born, I was like, this is the only baby phase. This is the only crawling Mm. phase. And I think that's helped a lot. Because again, back to like the recitals as a great example. This is the only recital. Mm-hmm. at age four that mm-hmm. I'm ever going to see. So I'm going to go to that because that's what I want. Um, and so I think that, that that helped a lot. And I guess it's somehow bottling that, right? Mm-hmm. Bottling what you had with Gabe, bottling that weird thing that happened for me just by the nature of having twins, that being deliberate. I mean, really, let's just be totally honest. It's the same idea of intentional parenting, future focused, be, being future focused as a parent. When I get to graduation day, what do I want to look back and have yeah. in my book? What do I want in that chapter? And I think if parents can get as intentional with that as they can with all the other stuff we're suggesting, then those moments become clearer of, no, I can't go to that meeting. I have to go to X, Y, or Z. Or, no, I can't go out for dinner tonight because I have to take my kids on vacation. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever it is, as we say all the time, when you have that strong why, when you understand this is the book I'm building so that graduation day I have that to read over and over mm-hmm. and over again, then it makes those decisions easier. It really, really does. I mean, you were making me tear up as you were saying mm-hmm. that because I could not agree more. I mean, if you, if this all goes back to the why and then you're not picking through and going, well, how do I decide which thing to -hmm. choose? It does sort of make your decision for you almost. And I think you're right, though. I think the twin thing might have been a bonus there. We've found some silver linings on that in this podcast. There are several. Yeah. 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 Because I, I, when to answer your question about what would you say to your former self, I feel like I would have had to do a lot of preaching to myself like this too shall pass, but also being able to get into the hard. But for me, and I think this is a practical thing I could say, is it's a lot to do with your community. And I would seek out people who can sit in the hard and where it's okay to say, I'm so over diapers or whatever. I just wish I could get a good night's sleep. But it's also important to have people who are a little bit further down the road. Because for me, having parents who were years ahead and could tell me Oh, it's so mm-hmm. worth it. Hang in there. Stick with whatever that is that I've said no for the thousandth time today or what have you. Oh, because then you get to see this. And eventually you do. And then suddenly there's a light at the end of the tunnel and it's not an oncoming train. And you're starting to see <gasps> they're listening when I say that. Or they can now buckle their own car seat or just those little bits of independence. And as you get those little wins, I think it helps you want to keep going. But I feel like community matters here. you got to have people who are in the trenches, maybe in the same season of parenting, and someone as a mentor, maybe further down the road, who can encourage you and remind you, yep, this will go away, though, before you know it. It feels really hard right now, like validate, Mm -hmm. but could remind me that, especially as a single mom, I needed those reminders. Your people are going to grow. They're going to make you proud. They're going to become independent, and it's worth hanging in there. 
Well, and one more thing that comes to my mind is, you know, it's also possible that maybe for some people in those younger years, this just isn't going to happen. And that's okay. Like for me, I, I think aside from the 20 part of this, I, I really was like, let's move it along, please. But then I think the moment that you wake up and realize you're past that and you're like, oh, oh, here I am. I'm in that sweet spot. That's when maybe you shift into what do I want? What do I want to make with the rest of the time? I've survived that really, really challenging period of time. Now I'm here. And then getting super intentional if you couldn't before. The other thing I think that's interesting is when we're having trouble saying no to someone, saying, no, I can't work that day or no, I can't um, be at that meeting. For whatever reason, we punish ourselves and we're so conflicted. But but the fact of the matter is, is they probably own that time for themselves. So why are we different? You know, why why does their child matter more than my child? In my world, my child is the most important. And and I don't think that anybody's really good to, at saying no necessarily, but but I think we have to remember that the people that were most likely dealing with are likely parents also and probably have had to make a similar choice. And even though it might be inconvenient or frustrating if the meeting needs to be delayed or the appointment can't happen, the reality is is that they've probably made a similar choice and we're all really just doing the same thing. Yeah, that's so well said. Yeah, and I think we've probably said this on an episode but in a different way. But what Yetta just said kind of brought it home for me. I was like, oh, this is exactly in kind of the decision-making episode. I feel like we've talked about those layers of how do you prioritize and stuff. But really, this is another time where it might help to remind yourself that saying no over here is saying a great yes. Yes. So I'm saying yes to this instead of dwelling on or guilting ourselves about the no we had to say. Mm -hmm. So on that note, I have a quote for us today. My friend Lynn has this wonderful way that she sets boundaries and says no. And I love it. She doesn't say, no, I can't. She says, I'd love to say yes, but I can't. What I can do is fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. And I love that as a way of honoring that you want to say yes. You're not trying to be a stinker, right? I want to say yes, and I can't. And then if there is something that you can do, you know, but I could do the meeting anytime tomorrow, you pick the time, right? Offering what you can do makes you feel like you're not just shutting that thing down. Mm -hmm. You're still contributing to it, but in a way that sets that boundary for mm -hmm. you so that you can be mom with a capital M. I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. Yata, thank you so much for being with us today and just adding all your insight. We love you, and we're just so glad that you were here. Sure. Thanks for having me. And we said we would announce the winner of the giveaway. For, yeah, you I, better keep your I better promise. Keep my promise. So we had such a great response that we actually decided to give away two sessions, one with each of us. So we're each going to do one instead of before where we thought maybe one of us would end up doing it. We decided we each really wanted to do it and, and really honor the fact that we had such a great response to the giveaway. So we have two winners. Congratulations to Carissa and Ariana. Thank you so much for all you did and all the entries and everyone who entered. And we really hope that... That we're going to have a another giveaway later in the season. Um, not going to tell you who it's with, but it's pretty awesome too. So I'm excited about that. So if you haven't followed us at our new handle, which is Future Focused Parenting, a lot more stuff's going to start coming out on that um, for Instagram and Facebook. We still have our Raising Adults podcast uh, platform, and we will post the episode announcements on there. Absolutely. But a lot more of the content stuff is going to go on to Future Focused Parenting. So be sure to follow us on Facebook or Instagram if you haven't already. 
check out YouTube, subscribe to the channel. I can tell you that just in recording the end of this podcast, we already had a blooper and you would have gotten to see that if you yeah. were subscribed on YouTube. <laughs> so definitely subscribe and feel free to watch instead of listen. And welcome to season three. Thank you for being with us. Raising Adults Podcast is produced by Kira Dorian and Dina Thayer and recorded in Kira's laundry room. Music by Seattle band Hannah Lee. Thanks for listening.